We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, the rest of the NBA is trembling at the big, bad Chicago Bulls. They're raising their flags. They're saying these guys are breaking the rules by making so many cool moves this offseason. And the Bulls now find themselves in the center of a tampering controversy. The NBA has opened up an investigation into the Bulls for their pursuit of Lonzo Ball, a deal that was announced about 30 seconds into free agency this year. The Miami Heat are also under investigation for their sign-and-trade agreement with Kyle Lowry. The thought is that these sign-and-trade agreements take a little bit more time to come together. How did the Bulls figure this out so quickly? Jason, of course the Bulls were tampering. They almost acquired oh, shit. <laughs> they almost acquired Lonzo Ball at the trade deadline. Right. Yeah. There was ongoing discussions between the Bulls and the Horland, Horn, um, the Bulls and the Pelicans, I'm sorry, dating back, you know, the last four or five months. The deal finally gets complete as free agency opens on Tuesday. And the NBA is, you know, raising a flag. They're opening an investigation. They want to see what's up. This comes off the heels of the Bucks getting fined a second round pick last year for uh, you know reportedly agreeing to a deal with Bogdan Bogdanovich uh he ends up going to the Hawks the Bucks end up losing a second round pick and now next year's draft will only have 59 picks in it not 60 picks so what's your concern level here for the Bulls Jason what were your first thought what was your first thought when you saw it coming you know when you saw the news pop up and uh does this officially signal that the Bulls are a big market team? Now that <laughs> I know, seriously. Uh, well, I was at Cub Sox yesterday when uh, this news As broke. I check check the phone uh, and saw the the report from Woj come across. And honestly, I laughed the first time I saw it. This was I feel like the tampering thing, just like in general, just a joke. Uh, like obviously they tampered with him. Obviously, like everyone tampers. Literally, I mean that first thirty minutes of free agency, there was already like 50, I feel like fifteen deals done. And like yeah. Some of them were just like normal contracts, and like you made the you brought up the point that well, since the sign and trade, and they're like multiple moving parts, and you got a couple guys like Garrett Temple had to work out his like own sign and trade, like as part of this. 
Uh, and obviously Lonzo did as well. But then you, you also said like the Bulls and the Pelicans and like have been talking for God knows how long about Lonzo. Like they, they easily could have had uh, also just like a lot of this kind of worked out already. And then they just like had to come to an agreement on the number. Uh, obviously like Rich Paul was really, really anxious to get that, to get that leak out there for this deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is just like, I feel like everyone tampers. I don't. It's interesting to see like how, how they pick and choose this stuff. Like, I'm really curious, like how that works. Like if was it, it was it reported that somebody complained? Like did the Pelicans complain? Uh, I don't know if I read anything like that. But uh, yeah, I didn't see who complained or what it was. But I do know that the league revamped their tampering right. rules yeah. in the 2019 off season. So uh, here's a little section from the news story from September 20th, 2019. It says in addition to being subject to fines up to $10 million. Teams can also lose draft picks, executives can be suspended, and contracts can be voided when rules are not followed. In addition, teams must save communications with agents for one year in random auditing of a team's communication with agents and other teams can take place. So it's possible the Bulls could get a big fine on this. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's possible that the Lonzo deal gets voided. Yeah, no uh, way. That seems extremely unlikely to happen. The Bulls and Lonzo Ball both worked out a deal. Uh, I don't think the league can step in and say, you know, that contract is voided. We've seen them do that before, though. I mean, the CP3 trade would be the most famous example in league history of the league voiding, you know, a deal between two sides. But Lonzo Ball is going to be on the Bulls. I think that we can safely assume that. We still don't know how the league is going to punish the Bulls. I think it would be sort of awesome and hilarious if Jerry Reinsdorf got a $10 million (laughs) fine for this because you know John Paxson would never tamper in his right mind, right? Like he would never do these deals that Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley did this year. So a $10 million fine potentially could be on the table for the Bulls. That's funny. I'm sort of rooting for it. I think that would be cool. Pay up, Jerry. (laughs) Pay up, Jerry. Pay up for the sixth seed. You know you want to. And then the flip side of it is that they could also be Dr. Draft. Yeah. So the league apparently took it into consideration that the Bucks didn't get Bogdanovich yeah. when they find him a second round pick. The Bulls do end up landing Lonzo. So worst case scenario here seems to be the Bulls losing a first round pick in 2022. One of the few first round picks they have right now because of the Stepien rule, you can't trade draft picks in consecutive years. So the Bulls do have their 2022 first rounder and their 2024 first rounder. All the other picks are traded up until like what 2026 i guess yeah so uh that's possible that's on the table i really hope that doesn't happen because not only does that punish the bulls obviously it also punishes the young kids in the next draft if we're just gonna like you know now make so the next draft is supposed to be 59 picks instead of 60 with the bucks uh right losing a second rounder like now what do we knock another pick off so oh i guess i'm curious like what i was thinking that we were kind of talking about beforehand like i wonder it was like this trade is what sadransky garrett temple on a second round pick like unless they made the bulls give up a first to the pelicans like as punishment uh so again like i don't know what year that would be like i'm not totally sure how this works exactly but like maybe if that would be the punishment so instead of a second round pick going to the pelicans in this trade it's a first round pick instead like make them do it uh, because it seems like, yeah, they're it seems like they're just trying to like work out was the obviously the trade has not been finalized, but the deal is not finalized. Like nothing has been announced for the Bulls. Like right. we've been sitting here waiting like days. Uh because the moratorium ended Friday. So we were like waiting and waiting, like one of these like deals gonna be announced. Like the lot it was interesting that the Lowry one has been announced. Like the Heat officially announced that he's on the team. So obviously, like yeah, they're not gonna back out on that one either. Uh 
So it is curious. I mean, it does seem like there's just moving parts going on with this trade. Like I said, maybe the first round pick aspect comes into play in terms of what goes to New Orleans. Uh, I'm not totally sure. It would definitely be a bummer to lose another first. Like I guess, like if you're doing it in Alonzo trade, fine. Like the deal looked really nice to begin with. Like Sadaransky Temple in a second. It's like sure for the cost of getting Alonzo Ball. Like that's great. That's not a problem. Like if it ended up being a first round pick, it would basically probably be like kind of what was being talked about at the deadline. I think that's what the Pelicans were probably looking for was like Lowry in a first. Uh, and I guess with Lowry, there's been talk. I th- the Lowry situation might be holding up some of the stuff as well. Lowry still does not have a new deal. Lowry wants out. Did he was talking about? Uh, he talked to like a Finnish like newspaper or something. And said like I I want a fresh start. Blah blah blah. I think him trying to put some pressure on. Like who's he claimed he had several offers. I mean, he still hasn't signed an offer sheet. He still hasn't gone anywhere else. There was a report Mark Stein put out today on Sunday that the Pelicans might be talking about Lowry. So like, will this maybe the deal expands to include Lowry? Uh, I'm not really totally sure because apparently the Pelicans have a big trade exception. I think from the their the trade that the uh, the Grizzlies trade, which I don't know if that's gone like gone officially. They're like there. It just seems like there's like a lot in the air and a lot of balls in the air in addition just the general tampering with this deal with multiple of these deals uh and they're just trying to get it all figured out right now yeah it's good that you pointed out that none of these deals have been officially announced the bulls uh you know haven't sent out their press releases or their tweets yet announcing the lonzo balls coming to the team demar DeRozan and alex caruso i know i I did see thad i know thad and caruso put out like instagram posts like thad posted something earlier today thanking Chicago. And I, I, I think I just saw C red Fred tweeted a picture of Crusoe with his son at the airport. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. I saw that as well. So yeah, but it's still sort of unsettled right now. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, the deal could be expanded to potentially include marketing. We'll see. Uh, my big picture takeaway on the tampering charges is that I'm not that worried about it. I think that it could potentially be pretty detrimental, though, if the Bulls do get fined a first-round pick or if they do somehow lose a first-round pick because of this transaction. With that being said, though, uh, just the the Bulls' approach this offseason was just so encouraging to me. Like, to me, dude, this is everything we wanted during the Fire Garpax movement, right? Like, we wanted a front office thinking big, that was aggressive, that wasn't scared to make trades, that could court players and actually land commitments from them. Lonzo probably wouldn't be a bull if he didn't want to be in Chicago. DeMar DeRozan, yeah, they gave him 85 million reasons to come to Chicago, but also he had to choose the Bulls instead of, you know, there was the report that he was going to go have a meeting with the Clippers uh, instead of something like that. And he said, nope, <laughs> Bulls gave me 85 million. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Steve. So uh, I just think that the fact that the Bulls are tampering at all <laughs> is like an encouraging sign. And <laughs> I am not super worried about this because the Bulls will have their five-man lineup of Lonzo, Zach, DeMar, Pat Will, and Vucevic with Caruso off the bench as the sixth man. That seems like it's going to be locked in. So, yeah, yeah, I hope they don't lose a first-round pick. But either way, I'm excited about the Bulls, and it rules that the Bulls are actually one of these franchises that could potentially get tagged with something like this now just because they're that active. And that is such a big change of pace from the Garpax administration. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like I said, the first round pick thing would suck. And I'm, I'm curious of like, I don't know if they would like, obviously the fine, like, I don't know. I, did, did Woj or the, whatever you read, like could, could like AK be punished at all? Like, I don't even know like how they would do that. Like, I, I, how do you suspend like an exec? I don't even know. Like, well, I'm not even sure like what the other like 
punishments could even be. Because like I said, they're not going to void the deal. Uh, I said Rich Paul would fucking lose his mind, and like the, obviously Lonzo would be pissed, and the Bulls would be pissed. But yeah, so I, I, I'm sure that'll be a big fine. They'll probably lose some type of draft pick. I guess we'll just see what they actually do dock them for. Was, did they tamper? Almost certainly. And like you said, like, good. Go tamper with big free agents and get, and get them here. That's good. It uh, is a little odd, I think, and then we can transition this conversation to marketing, yeah. that the league passed these rules on themselves. I was going back and reading some tampering coverage that we had on SBNation.com when they changed the rules. And Tom Ziller, a great one of our great former writers, he's currently writing a basketball newsletter through Substack. Everyone should pay for that. A few dollars a month to, uh, yeah, I do as well. He does really great work there. A few dollars a month to get, you know, morning uh, coverage every morning of basketball newsletter in your inbox. So Ziller wrote in 2019 that the league called the cops on itself. And (laughs) they couldn't believe that all of the league's governors agreed to this just because, uh, you know, you were opening up some avenues towards punishment for things that, you know, obviously uh, happen at the top level of player movement around the league. It was driven probably by the small market and mid-market teams, but it did pass unanimously. I think nobody wanted to be seen as a cheater. And now, you know, maybe Arturis Karnaschovas has to hand over his phone to the league and they have to look through all of his communications with Rich Paul. That's totally ridiculous, I think, but that is the rule. That is on the table. Uh, And like we said, you know, he could potentially get suspended. A big fine could happen. I'm sort of rooting for it because it would be funny. But yeah, so let's transition this to marketing now. Marketing, that is still the one big player piece sort of hanging over this Bulls offseason. He's a restricted free agent. He has not signed an offer sheet with anyone yet. I have a list going at SBNation.com of the best remaining free agents on the market. I have marketing like number three right now, just because the vast majority of the market has signed elsewhere. Yeah in the first six days of free agency. Lowry marketing is still out there. Dennis Schroeder, by the way, is still out there. He fumbled the bag. Boston Celtics, maybe? Big way. Turned down $80 million from the Lakers, reportedly, midway through the season. So uh, there's been some buzz on marketing lately. The Mavericks were mentioned as a possible destination by Kevin O'Connor in a Ringer podcast, I believe. Uh, the Pelicans were mentioned as a possible destination. And the door isn't totally shut on the Hornets. That was... Uh, interest reported by Sham Sharania uh, lat a few days ago. before the Ubre deal, right? I think, right, yeah. So they eventually signed Kelly Ubre, who is also a top unsigned restricted free agent. They end up getting Ubre in a deal. So now the question is, are they going to try to sign and trade to get marketing? What are the Pel- like? Do the Pelicans want to use? I think they have a trade exception that could potentially land marketing. So we'll be very fascinating to see what kind of deal Lowry gets where he ends up going and what the Bulls can get back for. The most recent report from Mark Stein on Sunday is that the Bulls are seeking a first round pick in exchange for Lowry Markkinen. Uh, Boy, would that just be the perfect ending to this offseason? Ideally, I would want it to be one of those years that they've already traded away so they get some uh, mobility in terms of the Stepien rule and when you could trade your own future picks. So that'll be really fascinating to watch. If Karnaschovas can pull off a first-round pick for marketing in a sign-in trade, Jason, this is just the greatest offseason ever. It's a, it's a home run. It's a slam dunk. It's a grand slam. Choose your sports analogy. It fits all of them. It would be awesome if he can get that done. I'm still skeptical. I don't think so. The Bulls are going to be able to pry a first-round pick for Lowry marketing, especially given the fact that he had such a limited market this offseason. 
uh, at the same time, I mean, maybe something will happen with the Pelicans, uh, both with the tampering investigation, whatever penalty comes out of that. And now their potential interest in Lowry. There's a lot of moving parts still up in the air in the Bulls offseason, and Markkinen is the biggest one. So, Jason, how are you feeling about the Markkinen situation right now, and uh, what are your general thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, first-round pick, I think, in general, I think that seems like really – I mean, you might as well ask one for a while. Uh, you drag it out, see how it goes. I mean, like, if you, no one's going to give it to you, obviously, at some point, you just got to – Pull the plug. I mean, I just, I'd be shocked at this point if he's back. I mean, I know we talked about, oh, maybe he'll sign the qualifying offer. I mean, maybe he still will, but it, I feel like it'd be hard. I feel like after the comments he made to that Finnish newspaper, like, it, I feel like it'd be hard to bring him back. I mean, he's just like, I want a fresh start. I want out. I hope the Bulls can work something out. Like, I feel like it would just like, it would be tough to bring him back at this point. It seems like the writing has been on the wall for a while. His role would just be like, he probably would be unhappy in his role. Was he just be like at the backup, backup big, probably playing similar minutes to what he did at the end of last year? Uh, and like, I mean, I like theoretically, it, he'd be fine as on the qualifying offer. I mean, he, as a bench guy, I and mean, he shoots seven footer, shoot, shoots forty percent from three. Like, sure, why not? But like, I feel like with just the way the, with this public, his public comments and stuff like that, it just seems like he's really he needs he needs a fresh start. I mean, we've said that, and now he said it publicly. He wants out. We got to find somewhere for him. You mentioned the Hornets, you mentioned the Pelicans, you mentioned the Mavs. I believe the Timberwolves have been a team that have been mentioned a few times, a team with possible interest. I think Timberwolves would have to do a sign and trade. It would have to be, would it have, does it have to be a sign and trade with basically any of these teams now? I guess the Pelicans again have the trade the exception. Thunder, I think, could sign them out, right? Oh, right? They're okay, like yeah. the one team last with Cat. I mean, I mean, I think that could make like some sense for them. Like, I mean, they're just a rebuilding team. Like, you might as well like take a shot on a guy like that. Like, who else? They, who do they even have in the front court right now? They traded Horford, and oh my God, Moses Brown is all moving parts, right? right. Like, they do have uh, Poku. Oh yeah, a young piece in the front court. He'll still be one of the youngest players in the league this year. But uh, they have now. Do they, do they get a center back this offseason? I'm trying to think. I don't well, know. Well, they traded Moses Brown in the Horford deal, I think. And then he got traded, I think, somewhere else. Obviously, Kent, they just bought out Kemba. He's going to the Knicks. That's kind of cool that Kemba's going to the Isaiah Knicks. Roby, Derek Favors is there. That's oh, what okay. I think of. There was a veteran center who got dealt there. So they got Isaiah Roby, Derek Favors, Darius Baisley, Poku, oh, Baisley's uh, Mike Muscala, a rookie, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So I mean, I guess Muscala, if they have Muscala, like maybe they just no need for Lowry. Obviously Lowry theoretically has more potential there. I mean, I feel like that is a situation where you like, you take a, ch- a chance on the guy and like, maybe he ends up being good. And then they flip him for another first round pick was there. I, I don't know if you saw our guy, Matt, uh, over at bloggable, he calls them the Oklahoma city money launderers, which I I've been, I've kind of made fun of them at this point as well. He's like, they just have so many picks. It's obnoxious. They're like a parody of themselves trading, flipping all these players to get these picks. Like, I mean, good for them. Obviously as like a small market team, you like have to really take advantage of the draft uh, and, and like, and your assets and like asset management, but like, it's like gotten to the degree where it's just like absolutely absurd. Uh, but that's a whole, that's a whole side here. But yeah. Lowry, Lowry, I mean, what, do you, what did you make of Lowry's comments? Uh, I don't begrudge him for him whatsoever. I, if I were Lowry Markman, I would want to leave Chicago too. Uh, you know, the front office, the draft to do is no longer in power. 
the Bulls have made so many moves to reshape the team. You no longer have a starting spot on the squad. He's going to totally be an afterthought if he was to return on the qualifying offer. I think that uh, he, he's just ready for a fresh start, right? And yeah. so I want Markman off the team. So I would not be, why would I be upset with him that he said he wants to be off the team too? <laughs> I think it makes sense for both sides to split up. I wish Markman nothing but the best. I think that it's absolutely possible he can still be a positive contributor on some sort of level in the NBA. He has a very uh, rare skill set. I mean, he's a seven footer who shot 40% from threes. Not many guys can do that. You just, and, yeah, and he's never played with a high level facilitator, right? Yeah. Like that is the one thing he can say for his first four years in the league. The bulls have had really poor guard play for the majority of that time. You've had Levine scoring exploits at times, but they've, he's never played with a high-level facilitator. So if I'm marketing, get me to a team with a great shot creator who can hit me for some open threes uh, and just get me to anywhere but Chicago, I think. Uh, so I, I'm not upset at marketing for wanting to leave. I think anyone in the fan base having frustration over that is kind of being a weirdo. Yeah. But it is interesting because like he is still a, a talented piece, right? So they could the, – the reason they want a first-round pick is because they're threatening to re-sign him because they do have that option. Like they could right. just match any deal. So they're saying, okay, well, we're going to re-sign him unless you give us a first round pick. Uh, to me, that'd be the perfect ending to the Bulls for, from the Bulls perspective and from Argonne's perspective, probably just to get a new start. We'll see how it plays out. And, you know, do, do you anticipate that the Markkinen situation will be settled, you know, within the next three or four days? Or can you see this linger the rest of the week? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously... You never, I guess you never know this. That could be, it could be settled right after we finish recording this. I hope it's not, but uh, I don't know. It seems like it could be a few long, I mean, a few more days. And that's not like there's really any rush. We're still just like a week into free agency. Uh, This team could drag out a little bit as he tries to find a team or if another team gets maybe desperate. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll see. I have no idea. (laughs) All this stuff is, uh, like I said, just kind of, just kind of dragging out, waiting for it. Sometimes the stuff takes like no time and sometimes it goes on longer. We'll see. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Mark and Ed? There was one other point of this offseason that I did want to bring up before we move on to uh, some happy stuff with Zach Levine. Do you have anything else? You can... No. Okay. okay, yeah. I did want to bring up one point about the Bulls offseason. Uh, we had talked about uh, with the Caruso move and with Daniel Tice uh, going to the Rockets, there was initially some thought, and I brought it up in the pod because I saw there's smart people talking about it, uh, that with since the Bulls are signed and trading Daniel Tice uh, to the Rockets, that creates a trade exception. And we thought that maybe Caruso would be able to just go right into that. 
But because of weird base year compensation rules, Daniel Tice's trade exception is not big enough for Caruso's, uh, whatever, like $8 million, I think, that he'll be making. Seven to $8 million he'll be making the first year of his deal. Uh, so it looks like that the Caruso deal will probably be whatever. That's like almost the, the full mid-level exception. Uh, we were hoping, like I said, that that would have been some really nice little added flexibility if like you just swapped Caruso right into Daniel Tice's um, trade exception, then you could use the MLE on someone else. It looks like that is not possible because, again, the base year compensation rules, which is which was also, that's I think that's an issue with Lowry as well. Like if they sign and trade Lowry into that, uh, like Pelicans trade exception, I believe that the one the bolt the trade exception that's created for the Bulls will be like half as much or so, something like that because of the base these base year compensation rules. So there's just what, something I wanted to clarify because I had along with a lot of other people incorrectly talked about that possibility earlier. And it looks like that is not possible. And it, it will be interesting to see how the Bulls structure a lot of the stuff. They have some other moves to make. I guess we didn't even bring up that they they signed Tony Bradley. We haven't recorded since. They added a backup center, young backup center who destroyed Wendell Carter Jr. in a game last year. Uh, who was Joel Embiid's back, one of his backups. Uh, nice young player. He's got great per thirty six like rebounding and I think block minute uh, like stats. Uh, nice, nice little gamble. I think it was what it was a two year deal at like the minute. I thought it was a one year deal. I hope it's a two year. deal. I can't remember if it was one. I feel like I, I feel like this one was like I think like Haynes. I feel like Haynes said it was two. Like Woj said it was one. I can't remember. It's a it's a nice just flyer on a young guy at the minimum uh, for the backup center role. I feel like it, w- it would still be nice to get another uh, veteran big man in there uh, because I don't, I don't want like the backup bigs being uh, Tony Bradley and Marcus Simonovich. I feel like you could use a veteran. So is Paul Millsap still available? Did I miss Paul Millsap is still available. Like, I think that, you know, he's got the connection with Karnaschovic. Yeah. They signed him. The Nuggets did to a big deal when Karnaschovic was in their front office. So, uh, I love the Bradley pickup, though. I think that he sort of fits into the energy big role. Uh, he is only 23 years old. He'll turn 24 in January. Uh, hasn't really had a huge opportunity in the league yet, but he was a former first-round pick. He was the 28th pick in the 2017 draft. I remember him as a one-and-done on North Carolina back in the day. So I think Bradley's a nice pickup. I totally agree. They need to continue to bolster the front court. I would for sure be into Millsap if they could get him. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein was another guy I yeah. thought was pretty decent too. He's a good passing big seven footer, also a 23 year old. If you can get him to a minimum deal, I think that that could be an interesting addition for the front court, but for sure, the bulls certainly look like they might have some depth problems, uh, in the front court. Like yeah. right now, the starting lineup looks awesome. You're going to have Caruso as your sixth man. Kobe, when he gets healthy, should be the seventh man. And then in the front court, it's like Troy Brown, IO Simonovich, and Bradley, which is pretty uninspired. Yeah, like, I think you need, you need more there for sure. Like I so said, you need yeah. a veteran, or I mean, I mean, maybe not even a veteran. I mean, Harden seemed like he's is younger. Uh, I I think it would be nice to have just I guess a little more proven guy. But since the Bulls are trying to win now, I guess Harden seemed to be I mean totally fine as a bench guy. Uh, just like I mean, maybe maybe Simonovich ends up being like good. Maybe Bradley ends up being pretty good. But like definitely definitely some question marks there right now in terms of just like proven guys that'll help you win games that matter. For sure. Um, one last thing also about the Daniel Tice thing. Apparently the Bulls got cash considerations, I think, or they either traded cash considerations or they got them. And, uh, thank you to all the people that tagged us for bringing up the cash considerations as part of the Daniel Tice sign and trade. Let's talk about Zach Levine and the Olympics. Uh, after all the consternation about and guilt, I was guilty of it. watching I mean, me too before and after I mean, we talked about it on this pod during games. I mean, because they got chronically getting off to slow starts in these games. 
after all the consternation, Team USA wins a gold medal. Zach Levine is a gold medalist. Uh, awesome to see. Uh, but they beat they beat France. Who did they beat in the semis again? Australia, right? Yeah, because they got yeah. down big against Australia, down 15 points. Uh, big comeback. Kevin Durant is big. All these games, obviously, just a complete star. Awesome. It was incredible. Zach played a key role in that Australia game. Uh, Salah's defense. He was getting a, he was getting really talked up on defense. Like the announcers were talking about it. KD gave him a shout out after the Australia game in his post game interview for the, his defense. Uh, and then in the gold medal game against France, he didn't have like a big game, but he had a few baskets. Again, solid enough defense. And then he put the exclamation point on the gold medal with that uh, just awesome dunk after the buzzer, just flexing under the leg slam at the buzzer as the United States. That didn't count. It did not count. Comes away with the gold. So nice to see Zach uh, dial back into his dunk contest days, just effortlessly pulling off the East Bay dunk after the final buzzer expires. Yeah, awesome to see Zach ball out in the Olympics, right? I think that this was only a positive experience for him. I'm glad that the stat that Zach Levine had never won four games in a row had gotten a little play. Uh, Credit to Big Dave, who is now one of the co-hosts of the Lockdown Bulls podcast, Uh, former Bulls outsider, dude, Dave Watson, uh, one of my favorite Chicago media personalities. He's been tracking that stat, discovered that stat himself, I believe, for the last couple of years. So Zach, finally, for the first time since he left UCLA, he's won four games in a row. And hopefully the Bulls can do that pretty often this year. It's a team that, uh, you know, should be set for a huge jump up the standings. I think this is all good stuff with Zach, right? Like when you combine the off season now, like, I guess there was a little bit of concern going into the summer games that Zach could get recruited away by one of these other stars who wants him to join their team when his deal expires after the upcoming season. You got to think that Zach feels pretty great about the Bulls right now. The Bulls made all these moves to build around Zach, and that's awesome. They easily could have traded him. They could have burned it down again. Karnaschovas could have done his own rebuild through the draft. But instead, the Bulls were like, you know what? Zach Levine's awesome. We should try to make the best team possible around him. A total change of pace from what the Bulls did with Jimmy Butler, right? This is what we wanted the Bulls to do with Butler. Build around Butler. Butler's good enough to be a centerpiece. I don't think Zach is quite as good as Butler was back in 2017 or 2018 yet. Uh, But Zach's awesome. He's a totally legit player. I think Zach is going to be in for a huge, huge, huge year. And now just rest up, dude. Get some rest, Zach, because the season's right around the corner. He's coming off a lot of, you know, high leverage ball. So rest up. It's going to be a long season. Bulls are going to need him. Uh, He has been pretty durable over the last few years outside of the COVID. Uh, But of course, you know, coming back from the ACL, he's he's been pretty durable. So knock on wood, that happens again. And I think it was all good stuff with Zach. Yeah, he his like numbers were solid. I think he averaged like nine or ten points a game. He shot like 60 percent. So just, and again, the his defense got no, was like noted, was pointed out, and uh, yeah, relationship building, all that stuff is obviously huge. Uh, I was making jokes after they won about him like hanging out with Katie and like uh, in like the line. I think when they got their medals, like it was like Katie, Dame, and Zach were all like back, like right next to each other, future Bulls. I know Katie just re-upped with the Nets, four years, hundred ninety-eight million. About so he's, it. He's uh, good for him. Obviously, totally well-deserved. KD is fucking awesome, and he was incredible in the Olympics after that rough game against France. Uh, just I have a, I have a KD bucket. question, contract yeah. question. I haven't seen this, uh, so I'm curious if you have. Are there any player options in that deal? Oh, uh, shoot. I think the fourth year is. 
uh, but I'm not totally positive. You could have a player option after the third year. Too. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it's just the last year. I, d- I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I just know that he like waived the player option for next season. Uh, and they, I think they, the inst- or maybe 2022 is 2020. I can't remember. I think it kicks in after this upcoming season uh, and we'll take him what, four years with possibly that player option that last year. I don't know, but uh, good for Katie. Get that money. Uh, probably not going anywhere, even though I like to make jokes, but exactly been bringing him to the bulls in a couple of years. Maybe if they, maybe if they just like totally flop uh, and he wants to get out of there, we'll see. But uh, that's obviously a pipe dream. Uh, yeah. Great stuff for Zach. Awesome. Just fun. Great seeing him. Just like happy winning games. Like you said, regularly, uh, he just hasn't done that in a really long time. So uh, just really cool experience for him. And yeah, hopefully he rests up uh, coming back to the U S now. And uh, we'll, let's shift our attention to the young bulls now with summer league starting up. In Vegas today, first games are. T- what were the what were the games going on last week? Where were those at? Uh, so there was, uh, I think it was in Sacramento. There oh, okay. was like, like the California teams were. Oh, in, like, okay. I was, I was really confused. Thing, yeah. and then there was a Utah. There was a Utah okay. summer league, a Sacramento summer league, and now it's Vegas summer league, which is the, the big one, the big one, the marquee summer league event. This is the summer league. This is the Vegas summer league. The Bulls get underway on Monday. Io DeSumo, Patrick Williams, Devon Dotson will all be in the lineup for the Bulls on Monday. They're playing on ESPN2, so you can all watch that game. They're playing the Pelicans. I believe it's like a 3, 3 p.m. tip-off, something like that. So it uh, will be really fun to watch the Bulls in Summer League. So we should talk about what we're excited to see in Summer League. I know, Jason, you're an Illinois guy, so I'm sure you're thrilled to watch Io and see what he can do on this stage. I'm very interested in Patrick Williams. Absolutely. The one thing I want to see what Patrick Williams is like, okay. Is he so going to be the man? His role on this Summer League team yeah, should dominate. be like, you're the biggest star. Yeah. You should dominate these games. You are the top five pick in your second year playing in summer league. Now, again, Pat's younger than a lot of these rookies entering the league this year. Cause he was super, super young for his draft class. But so his role on the summer league team should be like primary scoring option and best player on the court. Ideally the bulls pull him out of summer league at some point. Cause he's too good. We see that happen all the time throughout summer league. But what's so strange about it to me, or just what's interesting about it to me, I guess, is that the role he's going to have on this summer league team, primary star, is going to be totally different from the role he's going to have on the actual Bulls, where he's very likely to once again have a super low usage rate and really be molded into sort of like a three and D win. Like, I think that what Pat's going to be for this Bulls team is a spot up shooter in the corner, maybe above the break. Uh, I really like the potential Pat has flashed with the ball in his hands. It's going to be tough for that to happen when you got three 20 point per game scorers and Vucevic, Levine and DeMar DeRozan all on the court. I'm hopeful Pat can still get some run with second units and be able to flash some of his creation ability, some of his ball handling and passing. Uh, but most likely the Bulls probably ideally want to turn Pat into someone like Michael Bridges, even if their skill sets aren't exactly the same. Bridges, very low usage rate guy, almost never hits a pull-up three. It's all catch-and-shoot attempts. Uh, he's become a very, very good defensive player. I think Michael is better than Pat on the perimeter. Pat might be a little bit better as a shot blocker. So we'll be fascinating to watch Pat in summer league. I'm really excited to see what happens. And just, just sort of strange, because even if he does look great on the ball and he's like dominating everyone, like that rules, and that's really exciting – but when he gets to the league, he's probably just going to be a spot up shooter. And that has been sort of one area of Pat's game where I think 
he's held back a little while he did hit 39% of his threes on low volume last year. Uh, he's pretty hesitant in terms of being a spot up shooter. He really got in his own head when he missed a few. Uh, you could sort of see him having a little bit of like Wendell Carter syndrome, yeah. right? like turning down open looks. So it's going to be a totally different role than the one Pat's going to see during the season. Hopefully Pat still goes out there and kicks ass. He's certainly one of the biggest and strongest guys in the summer league field this year. I'm really excited to see Dotson too. I think Dotson's yep. everyone's ass. He was one of the best players in college basketball at Kansas two years ago as a sophomore last year. He didn't really play basketball at all. Barely played in the G league. The bulls sat him the entire year. I'm sure Dotson is super hungry to show what he's capable of doing. I also want to see IO. He should have, a major featured role on the summer league team. Uh, one other guy on this roster, one Bay, of the Hive, Tyler Bay. Yeah. yeah. He is a big bouncy defensive minded forward, sort of like an energy big. He reminds me a little bit of Andre Robertson in terms of just being like big, super active defensively. And then you just can't count on much from him offensively. Yeah. But I do think that he is a nice sort of upside player that the Bulls could theoretically use on this roster. He was, what, a second-round pick last year, right? I believe so, yeah, out of Colorado. So, like, they could use someone with that skill set in between DeRozan and Vucevic, like a super bouncy, defensive-minded forward. So it'll be interesting to watch Tyler Bay. Uh, Those are my summer league thoughts, Jason. I'm actually going on vacation next week, so I'm not going to be able to watch too much summer league over the next five days. I'm going to Montana on a bachelor party, so that should be pretty tight. But I will be monitoring the summer league action uh, throughout, and I'm going to dig in more when I get home. So excited to see the summer bulls as always. I I shamelessly love summer league bulls, even though I've never (laughs) been out there. Everyone always assumes that I go out there every year, and I've never been out there. But uh, it should be a fun summer league. Yeah, as long as uh, we we already got a game, the Pacers and Wizards already got postponed. Hopefully they don't have any deal with any of that nonsense. Uh, But obviously, like if it happens, it happens. Just knock on wood that no games postponed because of COVID and all that stuff. Yeah, Pat obviously will be the guy to watch. It's it's so easy to uh, forget that he didn't play summer league last year because there was no summer league last year. So like this will be his first summer league experience, uh, and he really should. Yeah, I mean, should just be the guy with the ball. Uh, I guess it will be curious to see like how they play him. Like unless they don't like have him dominate the ball, I guess he should. But like unless they try to tailor his role to what it would more be like in the NBA, like I I, I don't really should. It will be very interesting to watch. And just thinking about his role in the NBA, like I'm I'm curious. Uh, we're talking about like their lack of front court depth. Like I'm really curious if they do, if we see a lot of like DeRozan at the four and the way, if they, the way they stagger guys, like if they take Pat out like early in the first quarter, you shift like DeRozan up to the four and then you bring Pat back in to like maybe get more on ball opportunities, like with the bench to start the second quarters and stuff like that. Uh, just kicking around like rotation ideas in my head right now as, as we were talking about this, like, it was like DeRozan did play a lot of four uh, at, with the Spurs the last couple of years. Okay, so I wonder if we will see that more often uh, and give Pat maybe more opportunities with the bench. Uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, as you mentioned, IO, like uh, very, look, very much looking forward to IO. It just says I'm wearing my IO Illinois jersey right now. Oh, I was wondering if that was an IO jersey. You're wearing. Sure was. It, theoretically, or technically, it could be IO. It could be D Brown. Either one. Obviously, both great Illinois players. Works both ways. It'll be great to see him. I, I am watching as I am scrolling here uh, on Twitter. I am seeing that your guy Sharif Cooper is apparently just throwing dimes everywhere, and his teammates are screwing them up uh, every other time. But uh, showing that potential, why you wanted Sharif Cooper on the Bulls, uh, just the passing stuff. But obviously, don't want to take that away from Io. We'll see how he does tomorrow. Hopefully, he's awesome. I was going to ask you about Tyler Bay. I, I'm not that familiar with him, just because 
not a draft guy and he didn't really play much because was it the Grizzlies who released him? Mavericks, which uh, yeah, I don't even know. You know, yeah, yeah. So like, he got whatever released after one year with his first team, and uh, so yeah, that's a nice little pickup. I, I do wonder, like, is are him and Troy Brown maybe too similar? Like, are they are they seem like similar size, and then like defense first, like non shooting wing, like. Uh, now that the Bulls like they could use the wing defense, I feel like they could use as much wing defense as they can. Uh, seems like the, is there any similar similarities to their games? Would you say? Who? Uh, Bay and Troy Brown Jr. Uh, Bay is much bigger. He's more of a forward. Okay, right? like he's a four, whereas Brown is like a skinny guard. Okay, who's transitioning right. to a wing? So no, I don't think their games are that similar. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bay is a elite athlete and has a really high defensive ceiling. Can just be one of these guys who can fly all over the court and uh, force turnovers and uh, attack closeouts with length. So length and speed. So it'll be interesting to watch him. Like I said, I think hypothetically he could be a good fit as a two way guy. Uh, if Tyler Bay gets a two way with the Bulls this year, that would be pretty solid. But we'll see. It's up in the air. Summer league's always fun, though. Uh, are we going to be set for a s- another summer Bulls championship run? We saw Denzel Valentine power one a few years back. Hold on, I, we haven't even mentioned Marco Simonovic is playing as on this roster. Oh, Simonovic, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about him. So he will obviously for our first look at him. Uh, definitely, we'll want to see how he does. So that's obviously huge. Can't believe uh, I forgot to mention him. Yeah, that'll be a really interesting piece. Yeah. See how Simonovich looks in summer. Like, hopefully he can dominate after playing in a pro league last right. year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally overlooked that. I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm looking at these other names in this roster. I, Jerome Robinson, wasn't he the, what, like a 12th pick, just completely flamed out? Was he the Clippers? Kind of flamed out, which seemed like a reach at the time. Taking one pick ahead of Michael Porter Jr. What a bad pick. It was an yeah. insane reach at the time. That was one of them where when you're given draft grades, you give that one a D. And uh, he lived up to that draft part <laughs> of his career. Now he's he's unlikely to be in the league this year. It sure seems like it. Yeah. Omari Spellman played for the Warriors, I think, a couple of years ago. Possibly interesting. Villanova guy. Yeah. I mean, maybe like maybe end of the bench. Big like if you're looking for front court depth. Uh, I don't really know any of these other guys. Like I think, she, say that again. He's another stretch five type. Yeah, woman. All right, uh, and then I think this the I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Simi Shidu Shitu. Uh, I think he, was he on the Windy City Bulls last year. I feel like He's I recognize on the Windy that City name. Windy City Bulls, former five star recruit, went to Vanderbilt. Another sort of springy six nine forward, six eight forward. Uh, I feel like his ball skills never developed the way that people said they would. Yeah. When he was a high school player. So yeah, Shitu will be another potential guy to watch. Uh, but it's mostly going to be about Dotson, Simonovich, Io, and Pat. Like those yeah. are your core four for the summer league team. Could be a dope summer league team. And then yeah. Bill Bay in there for some defense should be fun. So Bulls Pelicans, ESPN two tomorrow, summer league. 2 p.m. By the way, 2 p.m. Okay, yes. three Eastern. That's where yeah. I, I was getting screwed up. Yeah, they got they got uh, a back to back. Then they, they play the Spurs. Kind of hilarious these these games that they're playing all against teams where they've made these deals with <laughs> Pelicans. They play the Spurs next, and they play Minnesota on the twelfth, and then Memphis finishing up on the fifteenth. And after that's TBD. Minnesota, maybe Lowry will in Minnesota. And you just go right back to back to back. Teams, Bulls make deals with this offseason. The teams that are playing in summer league. It's kind of funny. Uh, anything else? I think we could probably wrap it up here. I'm ready to wrap it up. All right, yeah. So right now we're wrapping up this pod at 4.50 Sunday. Uh, it'll be up later uh, as we're going here. We'll see if the Bulls do anything else, if any of this Lonzo stuff gets worked out. 
the, tr- the trade, whatever, if any of that happens, if the Lowry stuff happens, we will see about that. Uh, obviously, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully they wait a little bit more. I mean, it did seem like if Caruso was at the airport today, sounds like he's probably going to the, I mean, maybe they'll announce his signing a bit later tonight if he's going over to Advocate Center to officially do that stuff. So maybe, so, maybe some stuff will start rolling in. So hopefully we'll see, we see that. Hopefully this stuff gets worked out. Hopefully the Bulls don't lose the first round pick. That will probably, we probably won't find out the actual results of that tampering investigation, probably for another few weeks, maybe a month or so uh, when they finally like level exactly what goes on there. I guess we'll, we'll see about that, but uh, yeah, uh, that's all for us here. Ricky, enjoy your vacation in Montana. Uh, it sounds like for a badge party, that sounds like it'll be a uh, pretty dope. Uh, obviously, yeah, we got summer league coming up. That'll, that'll be exciting. This fucking ball never stops. We went from this season, then the Olympics. Now we got summer league coming up. And the off all the offseason craziness, just stuff always happening. And then the regular season starts in like two months, two, two and a half months. So fun times, fun times. Uh, for us here at Cash Considerations, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Go check out all the other great pods. If you're interested in all these summer league action, we got all our great NBA pods talking summer league coming up. Um, for us here at Cash, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us those five-star ratings. Give us feedback. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all those great places. Um, and for us on Twitter, hit us up. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Um, we'll talk to you guys next time. We'll see what happens with this with all this Bulls stuff. Uh, Ricky, I'm assuming you will not be available then for the next week. Uh, I'm going to be out until Sunday night. So so basically the full week. All right. Well, good to know. Uh, maybe I'll, uh, if anything huge happens, I might have to, I'll call, make the call of the bullpen, call in somebody else we can talk about. But uh, Ricky, enjoy your vacation. Sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.